This is the SETN Podcast with Briscoe Forth and Chandler Morrison, covering high school football in Chattanooga and the Southeast Tennessee area. The SETN Podcast. Welcome in to SETN Preps. Chris Goforth, Chandler Morrison with you as we get you set for week number five of high school football in southeast Tennessee. That is all we talk about here. It's just southeast Tennessee. We don't talk north Georgia. We don't talk north Alabama. Sorry, we don't talk west Tennessee. We don't really talk a whole lot about upper east or middle Tennessee either. It's just southeast Tennessee. It's right around the Chattanooga area. That's what we like to focus on, and we do it twice a week on SETN Preps. You can find me on Twitter at ChrisGoForth1. I would have told you back uh, earlier in the year, if you follow me on Twitter, about exactly how good Howard was going to be this year, and they kind of proved that uh, with a big win over Tyner last week. You can follow Chandler uh, on Twitter at SportsChandler. You can also uh, follow this podcast at SETN Preps, and uh, make sure you uh, like, rate, review, subscribe, all that kind of good stuff. Wherever you get your podcast from, wherever you're downloading this or listening to this show from, heck, we've even got a Facebook page. You can go there, like our Facebook page. You'll find out when we have uh, new shows coming out, get our top fives every week and all that sort of stuff as well. So, Chandler, here we go. Buckle up. Let's roll. Week number five of the high school football season we are ready to get it going what kind of news and notes you got for me this week well chris this kind of goes back in the last week um macaulay beat stellar prep in california they beat them 57-0 and i don't know chris if you would have told me before the season started that a california team was going to come to chattanooga and play macaulay i don't know and and, and the macaulay was going to thump them would you have thought there was any merit to that claim, Chris? Uh, man, I think McCauley's pretty good. Um, so I don't, uh, you know, I, I don't know. But but you're right. It is, one, we don't often play a lot of um, teams, obviously, from California here. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, all you hear about with California football is like Matter Day and, and all these you know, great mm-hmm. legendary high school football programs, and they do have those. But you know, I, I think the teams, you know, on any any given Friday night, I, I think our teams, uh, our better teams in the state of Tennessee, can can match up with just about anybody's. Yeah, and Chris, I kind of got to digging on it a little bit because it was kind of like I asked you, reached out to a few people. They didn't know whether we had ever played a California team from China, from or from. Tennessee in general, because a lot of the teams that we play that are out of state, you know, border, um, you know, uh, border the state of Tennessee, or they're pretty close, like Ohio or Illinois or something like that, Chris. It's kind of, or Florida. Florida's another one that you'll get. But I kind of want to look at this. This is from 20, this is from like January, and people kind of skimp out on Tennessee recruiting and how many recruits there are in Tennessee. Tennessee in top ten in all fifty states. I mean, the top fifth uh, of the United States. They're they're number ten when it comes to twenty like twenty nineteen blue chip blue chip recruits from this past recruiting cycle, Chris. But also when you go back from twenty nineteen all the way to twenty thirteen, Chris, um, Tennessee's also in that top ten with sixty seven prospects from twenty thirteen to twenty nineteen, and. I saw some maps here about a year ago, Chris, showing how many prospects there were in the state of Tennessee 
that go, you know, play whether in the SEC or whatever, Chris, but um, D1 prospects in football, Chris. But to me, is there kind of – it seems like there's always kind of a little bit of disconnect when it comes to, you know, the high school prospects and the D1 level because we don't get a lot of D1 athletes in, in Chattanooga. You know, we might have five, five a year, not including the FCS recruits, you know, but um, do you feel there's kind of like a – a disconnect there, Chris? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, a disconnect or disrespect. I, I think uh, Tennessee as a whole, you know, the level of play of high school football in this state has gotten a lot better in the last 20 years. Um, there's a lot more money that's being invested into it. Um, look at how much more we're paying coaches now. They're still not getting paid enough. Teachers still don't make enough money, period. Mm-hmm. But... I think that, uh, you know, we've gotten a little closer in terms of, of how we're compensating coaches and, and exactly what all we're doing in the state. So I think overall Tennessee is really on the rise, and, and that's a that's a good thing. That game, by the way, against Stellar Prep, I did get a chance to talk to uh, Ralph Potter uh, about two weeks ago at McCauley, and I asked him, you know, you and I talked about it here. We didn't talk about it a lot. Um, but we talked about it some about Macaulay using a third party, basically using a broker, if you will, mm-hmm. a matchmaker, a guy that goes out and, and schedules games for teams. Macaulay couldn't find anybody in the state that would play him. So what they had to do is basically they, they got this guy who is a, that's what he does. He puts high school football matchups together, and that's the reason why. They're playing a team from Florida who's nationally ranked, by the way, according to Coach uh, Potter, and they're playing this team from te- uh, from uh, from California that they beat last week. reason why they're doing that is because, A, they couldn't find anybody else to play them, and, B, they were able to, uh, you know, again, to use this guy who's a matchmaker to set those games up. That's how it all came about. Yeah, Chris, props to them for being able to bring a California team to Tennessee. I don't know, I mean, you know, with the state of where California is in in regards to recruiting and all the great prospects they have, Chris, I mean, to get them to come out of state to play somebody that's not close by, that that's a big, you know, that's a big step in the right direction to get those kind of teams to come to Tennessee to play. But, Chris, you know, talking about the recruits and all that, Chris, I want, I want to name the state that are above us in the recruiting in order. Hey, can I guess them? Can I guess them? Yeah, go ahead and guess. I'll tell you how many you get. All right, Tennessee's 10th, right? Yes. So there's nine teams. Mm -hmm. Uh, California. Mm Mm-hmm. Florida. Yep. Georgia. Yep. Ohio. Yep. Texas. Yep. Okay, those are the obvious ones. Yep. Um... So I got four more. Hold on a second. Four more. Um, oh man, I said California, right? And all and by the way, all the ones you named are in the top five. So yep. all five are top five. Maybe not in the order you named them, but top right. five. Right. Those are the There's top three five. More. I got yeah. three more. Yeah. Three more, gosh. Are the are they oh, no, in the sorry, four, 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 four more? No, four are, more so. are the ones that are left? Are they in the southeastern portion of the United States? Yes. Oh gosh, let's see. Well, close, they're either southeastern, borderline southeast. We'll we'll say that Louisiana. Okay. 
Is that one? Yeah, that is. Okay. So I got three more now. Um, this is real remedy for the folks at home. Yeah, I'm telling you, somebody's <laughs> somebody just fell asleep. Um, all right, how Mississippi? They are not in the top ten. All right, I, I, the only reason why I said Mississippi is maybe because of all the JUCOs there. But go ahead, yeah. lay it on me. Who am I missing? Who okay, did I miss? The the three that you missed were Alabama. Ah. North Carolina. Really? That is surprising. Yeah. I thought that was basketball country. Yeah, and then Virginia. See, never um, would have, never would have got rid I did almost say yeah. Washington, D.C., um, because that area around D.C. has always mm-hmm. cranked out some pretty good athletes. Uh, but, you know, yeah. if you think about it, Virginia is not look. you know, where's Randy Moss from? Virginia. Virginia. Wasn't, uh, didn't Michael Vick, didn't he come out of Virginia too? Yeah, somewhere in that. Uh, the Norfolk area. area. So, yeah. yeah, so Virginia has turned out their share of, uh, they've turned out their share of five stars. That, but that, that, they're sneaky good. Like you don't, you know, you don't think about Virginia when you think about, you know, great five star high school football talent. Mm hmm. Yeah, Chris, I'm looking at the list from 2013 to 2019. This is over the past, what? Six, seven years, Chris. Um, but, but yeah, this just goes from point of saying Tennessee is about like they're above Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Mississippi, Maryland, Michigan. So, I mean, those are states that honestly you might, you know, if you're not thinking about it, you might put Tennessee below some of those states because Pennsylvania, New Jersey, they've had a lot, you know. Uh, well, you know, a lot Mississippi. of that is just based off of uh, a lot of that's just based off of population. Yeah, you know, you yeah. you think and, if you 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 know the more bigger the population, the more you know the more five stars you're going to have coming out of there. So I think what Tennessee has done again, I think it just shows how important high school football is to those of us in this state. And by the way, this is a stat thrown in by this article that I was reading, Chris. Seventy six percent of America's blue chip prospects are in the top ten states. So and that that would include Tennessee, and then eighty nine percent are in the top fifteen. Wow. Yeah. So that those other five I listed after Tennessee, that's where eighty nine percent, all those and above. So hmm. Tennessee is up there. I think sometimes the footprint of Tennessee is not that big. We see a prospect like a couple of years ago. We had the number one prospect, you know, uh, in, in, oh, we're in Warren County, Chris. But um, I think that it's showing that the profile of Tennessee football is starting to get up and go. And when I was looking through, I didn't realize how many, especially private schools and bigger schools, were playing out-of-state opponents um, on a regular basis. Like, you know, of course, McCullough, they're playing, what, three? This is They've got three this year that they're playing out-of-state? Yep, I think that's right. Not necessarily going out-of-state, Chris, but playing out-of-state teams. That, that, that they limit that to, like, what, two, two a season or something like that? Yep. Uh, but... We talked about that before, but I just wanted to start off talking about that because, Chris, I thought that was a very important takeaway from that game was, hey, Tennessee recruiting profile, it's getting up there, and, you know, if, if you feel like you're not getting there yet, trust me, in, in the next five or six years, I think it's going to grow exponentially because of the amount of out-of-state games that are being played on a regular basis. And the fact that Tennessee's winning those out-of-state games now, too. Yeah. Uh, I think they are. I, I actually looked at that, Chris. I think they are eight and five this season so far. Um, yeah, eight and five versus out-of-state opponents. That's just just the private schools. I was going through and look at the private schools, but they're eight and five out of state this season so far. 
That's pretty good. That's pretty good. You ready yeah. to move on? Let's talk some football here in week five. Yeah, let's go. High school football season halfway over after Friday night. Not happy about it, but we're still going to talk about it. We've got a couple of key region matchups going down that Chandler and I are going to discuss, including let's start first with Loudon and Signal Mountain. Chandler, I'm not going to pretend like I know a whole lot about Loudon, but I can tell you this from the people that I have talked to around the state. They say that Loudon, this team that Loudon has, this has been kind of the group that they have been looking to and pointing to uh, for a long time now, they feel like this is the group that can get them back to prominence across high school football in the state of Tennessee. So interesting to see how uh, Signal Mountain handles this. Um, look, Signal Mountain, I think they're going to play they're going to play really, really tough defense. They've got to get Terrence Russell involved in that offense, and the faster mm-hmm. he goes, the faster he gets going, the more involved they can get him the better they're going to be. And, Chris, when I first saw Loudon, I was like, is this the Loudon we're talking about from last year? No, it's not, Chris. It's, they're 4-0, and Chris. By the way, they've beaten a 5-A team, a 4-A team, and this this uh, this lower classification, I don't know if you've heard of them, Chris, Greenback, they beat them. They're pretty good. Financial margin. Yeah, they're pretty good. Uh, they besides that Greenback game, they have 14 points scored on this season. Besides the Greenback game, and that was 24. Greenback scored 20 points on Chris. But what I'm saying is, this is a good team, and it actually looks like a good matchup on paper. I think we're going to be looking right now. We're kind of previewing a lot for when they play Red Bank right now because we knew the Red Bank uh, Signal Mountain score, Chris. But to me, I think this could be a good matchup, and we'll see how competitive this will show me whether Loudon is going to be. You know, maybe you know, maybe back in back in the playoff race, or if they're going to be a team that can compete with Red Bank for that region. And I think that's the biggest takeaway that we're going to have from this game when we talk about this uh, next week. Well, this will be an interesting one to watch. I think this is definitely, uh, you know, definitely prove it time, and um, you know, for for both of these two teams, really. But again, mm-hmm. I know from uh, talking to other folks around the state, this has been a team at Loudon. They have been the the supporters at Loudon, the fans. This has been a team they have been pointing to for a long time, saying when these guys are juniors and these guys are seniors, this is going to be when it's our time. So we'll see. And certainly that win over uh, over uh, uh, Greenback earlier that was uh, it's a big win for them. East Ridge, Sequatchie County this week. Uh, Chandler, I, I really like the Indians. I like your alma mater to come out on top in this one. I just think they've got a, the ability to be able to pound and pound and pound on East Ridge and eventually just wear them out. Yeah, and, and Chris, this is a very intriguing matchup because the last time these two teams played, they were in the same classification, and they went to overtime in the quarterfinals. I think it was the quarterfinals of the playoffs, Chris. Um, so... To me, it's an interesting matchup. It's interesting to see that, hey, by the way, you know, these are two different classifications now, two different, you know, they don't really matter in the long run who wins this game, Chris. But um, it, it's a very intriguing matchup for me um, to see to see each ridge in, in this kind of uh, matchup with Sequatchie County. Um, being at Sequatchie County, too, where they were last time, um, I I think that Sequatchie County has the ability to win this game. I think they can step up and um, and beat the Pioneers. But to me, Chris, I think this is going to be a close game. I think this is maybe one that goes into the fourth quarter 
where it's anybody's game. So don't be surprised if Sequatchie County comes up with a win or they come up with a loss because it's really right now, you know, just kind of up in the air for this. Yeah, I mean, I you know, again, can they, can Sequatchie County, can they contain the speed? Eastridge is going to bring a very athletic quarterback, a guy that is probably more dangerous on the ground than he is through the air. If, uh, you know, can Sequatchie County contain him? I think that's going to be the real key for the Indians. And having success in this game is going to be how well do you defend on the perimeter? And if they can do that, they're going to have a real good chance to have some success. East Hamilton and Central play Friday night. East Hamilton uh, had, had gotten off to such a great start, and then you almost kind of felt like that loss last week to Red Bank maybe kind of let some of the wind out of the sails for uh, for East Hamilton. They have to avoid the letdown coming into a central team that uh, is really young. I think they got a lot of talent, but it's a really young team. But this is the game. You do not sleep on central. Don't let that record fool you because, again, they've got some guys, and um, I think they're a team that can jump up and, and bite somebody if you're not careful. Yeah, and Chris, I think that Central is kind of in a position where they've had a tough schedule, Chris. I mean, when you look down the barrel at who they've had this season, uh, Notre Dame, Connor, Baylor, they got the win over Sequoia, who's in their who's in their region, Chris. But all the losses they've had, Chris, have been to quality opponents. So do we know a whole lot about Chattanooga Central at this point? I don't know that we do, and I don't know enough about them. I mean, it, they're just at that level of my knowledge where I'm like, you know what? They could beat East Hamilton, and I really wouldn't be surprised because I don't know as much about them as I know about East Hamilton at this point. Right. Right, and I would agree with that um, in that, you know, they have played a they have played a difficult schedule. I mean, they've played, you know, they've played Notre Dame, which is, you know, ranked in their classification. Um They've played, they've played a rough schedule to begin things. Um, speaking of rough schedules, uh, Howard came away with a big win last week over Tyner. That game was played <laughs> at Howard. This week they'll host Anderson County. For as great as that win over Tyner was last week, and uh, Chandler, if you lose to Anderson County, this game here, means so much more in the big picture. I know you wanted to win last week, and there's bragging rights on the line and this, that, and the other. I get it. But if you, you know, this is the game, if you're Howard, this is the game you got to have. Because Anderson County, what's the streak Anderson County is on? They've won this region, what is it, the last three, four years in a row? I mean, they pretty much, and they not only have they won it, They've dominated this region. I mean, they've beat the pants off of people. Yeah. Yeah, and Chris, uh, you're right there. They just they just did it at the top. And honestly, I think if you would have told me before the season, before the Jamboree and all that, that Howard would be the one that may come out of Chattanooga and take down the crown that Anderson County has, I don't know what I would have told you. I'd have probably been like, okay, well, you can take that to the bank, but I, I don't know, but you know, because I thought it would be like a Chattanooga Central and possibly even East Hamilton. But Howard right now, they look very strong. You wonder if they're going to have this kind of we, – we talked about this before. It's like the South Pittsburgh-Marion effect. When you have that big rivalry game, it doesn't matter what the score is. It doesn't matter how much of a blowout or how close the game it was. 
when you win against a rival and you win a big game to someone that you play all the time, especially when it's the first win against Tyler they've ever had, Chris, that takes a lot of energy out of you. And that takes a, that takes a lot of emotional energy, not necessarily physical energy, but emotional energy out of you. And so when you go in and you play Anderson County, you, you as a coach have got to figure out ways to build that up and build it up again because, hey, you're going from being a rival to now it's somebody who really matters in the long run. Can we beat Anderson County? So we'll, we'll see if, uh, if the South Pittsburgh Marion effect affects them this week when they take on the is the Mavericks, Chris. The Mavericks. I think that's right. The Mavericks of Anderson County, and the you know, Dirt and Aminsky? Yeah, no, no, <laughs> they don't. Take a heck of a tight end. They don't. Um, <laughs> But it will be interesting to see how they fare because, again, I, you know, for as great as last Friday was, if you lose this game, uh, does anybody mm-hmm. will anybody really remember about? Will anybody really remember next week if you lose this one? And that's yeah. the that's the real question here: is who's going to remember it if you you know if you turn around and and you you you, you lay an egg this week? So um, mm-hmm. we'll see how that one plays out. That may be. Honestly, that may be the game of the week for us, you know. I mean, if you want to talk about games with a lot on the line, games that really mean something, I think that Anderson County Howard game may be it. That may be the game of the week as far as um, as far as we're concerned on, on SETN preps. Yeah, and, and Chris, I think it'll be one of those games at the end of the season. We'll talk about a lot of games this year. But it may be one of those games at the end of the season we're still talking about because it matters so much in the long run of the playoff race and what that region looks like come week 11 when everybody's scrambling to try to get their, you know, spot in the playoffs. Yeah, I think that's a, um, I think that's a good chance that this is one of those games that, you know, if you're going to be in the conversation uh, long term, I think this is one of those games you have to have. Let's move on to the next game on our list. It's Baylor and Ensworth this week. Um, you know, I've been high on, on Baylor, been really high on Baylor for a long time. I think what they have at quarterback, what they have now at running back, I think Baylor has the pieces. Um, we've talked about it before, how tough it is to go on the road in Division Two, especially when you got to make those long trips to Nashville. But I don't know how tough that is on teams anymore. I think a lot of times we old people – uh, moan and groan about it, but I think to a lot of the kids, they don't really pay that much attention to it. A lot of them are used to it because they do it not only in football, maybe they do it in basketball or baseball, so they're used to the travel. I don't think it bothers them so much. Um, you know, their coaches have been through it a bunch of times now, so I don't know how much of a hassle that it is to coaches. I look forward to seeing Baylor going up there and uh, and making a statement against Ensworth. I don't think Ensworth is as good as what maybe they have been in some other um, some other seasons. Now they're still a quality football team, but I don't think they're as good as maybe some of what we have seen from them in the past. So I look forward to seeing Baylor go up there and just absolutely uh, stomp somebody. Yeah, and Chris, when you look at when you look at Ensworth, I don't know what they what they're going to bring to the table. I don't think it's going to be what Baylor's going to bring to the table. Uh, I mean, they've had one region game so far. That's with uh, Knoxville Catholic, who recently moved up, and so there's going to be you know so and that was a close game for us. So I, I don't know right now in that in that region, Chris, it's four and O, McCauley, Baylor, and Ensworth. 
And right now, with the tiebreaker, Ensworth is actually ahead of both of those because of the points for, points against, all that kind of mumbo-jumbo, Chris. But um, the stuff that we care about that people at home probably don't. Uh, but <laughs> uh, but anyways, I think we're going to see this week whether Ensworth is the real deal or if we're going to see that, hey, Baylor is who we thought they were, Ensworth is who we thought they were. Even though Ensworth is probably ahead in the standings right now, I don't know that anybody's looking at them. Maybe especially from our end of the state, maybe where Ensworth is, but not from our end of the state, they're looking to beat Baylor at this point. Um, but I, I think this is going to be a good matchup. And, Chris, it wouldn't surprise me to see this be like the game against Father Ryan for Baylor where they kind of just kind of ran away with it. It wouldn't surprise me a bit, but it also wouldn't surprise me to see that it's a close game, Chris, um, because this is Division Two, and you don't, you don't get every game easy in Division Two. Now, speaking of Division Two, speaking of every game uh, not being easy, and speaking about teams that need to show us something this week, how about Boyd Buchanan? Now, I think the Buccaneers have been tested. I think they've beaten. Uh, I think they've beaten a good team already this year. But now they get a chance to go against Chattanooga Christian, somebody that in the early days of the Chattanooga Christian program, Boyd Buchanan really owned this series the last couple of years as the Bucks have struggled. That This series has kind of swung back over towards uh, Chattanooga Christian. I'm interested to see. I think we learn a lot about Boyd Buchanan this week. Um, I think we learn more about them than what we already know. I think we know they're a pretty good football team. How good is Boyd Buchanan, though? I think we find we get a little closer anyway to finding out how good they are on uh, on Friday night against CCS, and that's the matchup that I you know uh, we talk about you know matchups you want to see two teams going at each other, position groups going at each other. Man, this is one of the things that I'm really looking forward to seeing is how these two programs uh, square off and exactly what it looks like, and how much progress has Boyd Buchanan made? I think we're going to find out. And, Chris, right now, Boyd Buchanan at the top of the standings because of how, how you know, you have a lot, you have a couple teams that haven't played each other yet. Um, but they sit at the top of the standings, and they could potentially be a team that's in second or third when this is all said and done, Chris, if they can win this game right here. I think this is a crucial game in their season to say, is this going to be a year where we tip the scale and kind of move into what we want to be as Boyd Buchanan? It's going to be showing us that, hey, it's maybe going to take a little bit more time than we expected it to take. Um, but right now, Chris, I think Boyd Buchanan has shown us that they're ahead of schedule. Um, I don't think we expected them to be, you know, even beat Knoxville West the way they did to, to be at that level already. But uh, Boskins has done a tremendous job there. And do I think they're going to win this game on Friday? I, you know, I'm not going to say they're going to win it. I think that they still have a – they're still kind of below what Chattanooga Christian is right now. But if they can get the win there, Chris, that would change my opinion of them throughout this season. And I'm not going to – you know, if they can win this game on Friday, I'm not going to pick against them the rest of the season, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. Chandler won't pick against Boyd Buchanan if they beat CCS – 
on Friday night. All right. Well, we'll see how things play out this week. Should be a fun night of high school football on Friday night. Get out and uh, enjoy a game. Take in a game. If you don't have a team, go adopt one. Get out and support your team. If you can't make it out Friday night, don't forget, you can join us on uh, the CW Chattanooga for the Friday Night Rivals game as we will have Bradley Central at Ottawa on Friday night. So a couple of big schools going at it. Looking forward to being able to see that. Uh, anything else, Chandler? I think it's a great week, Chris, and I think we're going to learn a lot about high school football this week. I'm very. This is one matchup that I'm very interested to see the results of, Chris, is Topper Basin Whitley. We kind of talked about this in the last podcast, Chris, but I think that's going to be very big in that region. And if Whitwell doesn't get that win, they'll be they'll be like they'll be you know. They'll be 0-5 at that point, so I think you have to get that win from a region standpoint to get the home playoff game and also to not go 0-5, Chris. I think that's the most more important thing for this Whipple team this season. All right. Well, Chandler, we will uh, get together again early part of next week, and we'll, uh, we'll break it all down. Until then, enjoy the Friday night.